Hello and welcome to the European Patients Podcast, your source for scintillating conversation and news around the world of patient advocacy and empowerment. This podcast is brought to you by the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe. My name is Dante and I'm the Communications Manager for EPF and your host on today's pod. For first-time listeners, I kindly ask you to hit the subscribe button below so you can stay up to date with the most relevant and important stories, issues and events surrounding patient-centered healthcare within Europe. Today, we focus on World IBD Day. IBD, which stands for inflammatory bowel disease, including Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, are two serious chronic digestive diseases that affect 5 million people worldwide. There is no cure, no known cause, and little public understanding of the pain and chronic suffering with which IBD patients courageously cope every day of their lives. Every year on May 19th, World IBD Day is led by patient organizations representing over 50 countries on five continents and is coordinated by our member, the European Federation of Crohn's and Ulcerative, Ulcerative Colitis Associations, or EFCA. EFCA is an umbrella organization representing 36 national patients associations. To help discuss this year's World IBD Day, we've invited EFCA's Deputy Director, Isabella Hoff, on the pod. Welcome, Isabella. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Dante, for having me. Um, we're really pleased to have this occasion to talk to you about World IBD Day. Um, our organization, EFCA, it's a very long name. I know it's a, it's a bit difficult to spell it out. Um, as you said, uh, we are an umbrella organization and we actually have now 41 members. Our wow. membership is increasing annually. So in a way we're pleased, but also it really is a sign that the disease is becoming a global issue. So also World IBD Day is becoming a global or more and more important activity for our network. Okay, well, thanks for that. It's good that you mentioned global because um, EPF itself, we just recently published the results of our COVID-19 pandemic impact survey uh, about the like the impact of the pandemic on patients and patient organizations. So from your perspective, how have IBD patients been particularly affected by the pandemic? Uh, yes, we saw the results of your survey and we thought it was really interesting because it coincided with a lot of uh, findings of a survey that we carried out ourselves last year on that subject. Um, I think it was in the beginning of April last year, the first two weeks, we ran a survey with our members and with the IBD community to get a better understanding of the, the concerns and fears of IBD patients in the context of the pandemic. I think it has been particularly difficult for IBD patients. Of course, the fact that they have a chronic disease and a substantial amount of IBD patients are on immunosuppressant medications. So that puts them automatically in a risk group. Um, but also there was very little understanding about COVID. So people were really frightened and didn't know what was happening. Many of the patients put themselves into voluntary isolation even before the um, lockdowns imposed in many of the countries. So in a way, we feel that IBD patients had to experience the double burden of this isolation because it's something that happens quite a lot. And many of our um, members of the community, they because of the symptoms of the disease, they feel quite isolated anyway. So with all the new social distancing measures, this has been particularly hard for them. 
Another issue within the context of the pandemic has been that uh, people were afraid to go to the doctors because they were afraid to get exposed or to get infected. So very often um, they avoided to seeing their specialists, which of course, if you have a chronic condition, it's really important to keep up with your treatment. I know from colleagues in Brazil, there has been a shortage of IBD medication because a lot of effort was made in um, providing supplies for COVID treatments. But also in Europe, we see there's an issue with the supply of certain medications. So that's that's been some of the topics the IBD community has been faced with. Yeah, treatment delay was definitely a, a major issue, and I hope that they were able to bridge some sort of gap with pharmacists and, and healthcare professionals to to ensure the the effective treatment and delivery of their of their um, of their medicines. Um, I also noticed on on your website you're promoting Secure IBD, which is a, essentially a database, and it gathers relevant information and provides the right answers to 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 IBD patients. So how how exactly does this work, and how is it? actually improve the lives of IBD patients throughout uh, the past year and a half? Um, yes, this uh, this also happened last year, just at the beginning of the pandemic. We were approached by the team of Secure IBD. Um, it's led by world-renowned IBD specialists, and we really fully support their efforts because we think it's very useful to have a database which monitors and reports outcomes of COVID in IBD patients. We think it's a very important initiative because you, we need to uh, gather clinical evidence which will allow us to better understand the effects of COVID in IBD patients. And so far we've already seen some important publications um, using the data from this registry. So in a way this information has given us a better picture on many aspects. For example, the effect of specific IBD medication be it be corticosteroids or TNF inhibitors on the outcome of COVID. And I would say this, this database has been very useful and I encourage physicians and their patients to keep on using it as it will give us more and more relevant information also in the future, also about the long-term effects of um, having had COVID and being an IBD patient. Well, that's important to hear. And let's kind of move forward to the, the main theme of today, World IBD Day. So can you tell us a little bit about the history of it and, and how it actually got started? Yes, uh, World IBD Day is relatively new. It's only been 11 years old. So I think in the world of diseases is not a, a, a long time. We started it during Digestive Disease Week, which is a major annual congress that takes place in the US. And just over 10 years ago, we got together with colleagues from Crohn's and Colitis Foundations in Canada, in the US, Australia, our colleagues from the UK, as well as colleagues from Brazil. They are physicians. They also joined our discussions. And we decided it was important to create an International Awareness Day because there's still, there was and there still is little public understanding of these chronic conditions. Over the last few years, many other IBD associations have joined our efforts and it actually shows us that IBD is affecting people worldwide. It used to be mainly in Europe and US, Canada, but I think nowadays it's really a problem in all over the world. And the current estimates are around 10 million people worldwide. In Europe, 3.4. 
But as there isn't really a, a global registry, we assume that the numbers are far higher than, than the 10 million. Um, how, quick it, how quick is it to get diagnosed for IBD or kind of what are the initial symptoms that you need to present to a doctor? Um, diagnosis has improved um, quite a lot during the last few years, also because of the efforts of uh, patient associations, but also other stakeholders to create more awareness around the disease. And I would say in Europe, we've uh, looked at some recent studies. It's, it can be within six months and a couple of years, but there have been um, also reports from a much longer diagnosis, so even more than five years. So in fact, it is really important that people are aware about these diseases because of course it's a tremendous um, stress on someone not knowing what's happening and something dramatic's happening and no one knows what's going on. But I would say in Europe and in many countries where the disease has been longer present, uh, the, the level of diagnosis improved. That's good to hear. And um, what is the theme of this year's uh, event? And what are some of the initiatives, events, campaigns that you've organized surrounding it? Okay, so um, we've decided a couple of years ago to run global themes. And for this year, our theme is on IBD and well-being, because we want to focus on not only the physical impact, but also on the psychological impact of the disease. We want to see how IBD impacts on the general well-being of a person. We're running a social media awareness campaign under the hashtag Break the Silence and World IBD Day 2021. And we really want to get our community to talk about what it's like to really live with the disease. And once we have initiated this dialogue towards the second half of the year, our um, objective is to bring one of the main topics raised during these dialogues to healthcare providers, to other stakeholders, in order to work together in finding solutions that will have a more meaningful impact on a person's quality of life. That's excellent. And um, how can people lend their support or show solidarity on World IBD Day and actually throughout the entire year? I think there are many ways people can show their solidarity. First of all, as, we're, as our campaign says, break the silence. We need an audience as well, so they can start to listen to the stories. And sometimes they are quite difficult testimonials coming in from patients who live with that disease. They can help us to spread the voice, to share the stories, and to share information about our IBD and their social media. And it really depends. I mean, European networks, it's very useful for us if they also share information about this day. And of course, you can check on our website. I think you will have the information to our listeners. Uh, they can see what's happening in each of the countries. Now, due, due to the pandemic, a lot of the activities are more virtual, but I know that in some countries, people are organizing walks outside to raise awareness and even trying to um, run marathons in some of the countries. So, well, not marathons, but sh shorter runs. So I really invite people to check out our website and the website of World IBD Day to, to see what's happening in their country and to see how they can join. So this year you have, what, 50 countries uh, joining? 
we have more than 50 countries joining and it's really, it's been crazy the last few days and new countries saying they want to participate. They don't know how to participate, but very, very often it's simple stuff. We have hospitals trying to raise more awareness. We just talked to some colleagues in South Africa. They want to do a huge event in one of the major hospitals. So I think it's, uh, at the moment it's over 50 countries, but yes, it's, it's, it's growing. It's a lot of people wearing purple. Yes, yes. I mean, purple has been decided a few years ago. We started a campaign where we asked um, our associations to light landmarks, famous landmarks in purple, to alongside with information events around World IBD Day. And it was a huge success. We had the Colosseum, we had the Niagara Falls, but we also had private homes in Estonia just to show their support. They were all lit in purple. And since then, even if it's not really something that we've promoted so strongly this year, people are still doing it. Many countries are um, contacting their local authorities or um, famous buildings to see how they can light them in purple on 19th of May. So yes, that you will see in many places, famous buildings being um, lit in purple. Actually, actually, sorry, I know that you're in Brussels. If you go to near the Grand Place, you will see Mannequin Piece, the famous landmark of Brussels, dressed in purple. So if, if you have the occasion, it's a good moment. Wow, well, well, no, I'll, I'll definitely go on. I'll, I'll definitely go on the 19th for sure. I'll be there. Um, I, I just wanted to ask from, from my own perspective, what is the biggest <laughs> stigma uh, facing IBD patients at the moment? I think the problem with uh, IBD is that it's in, it's an invisible disease. So people very often they they don't understand what's going on if someone says they're sick and they can't they say but you look fine. So I think the stigma is more the the lack of knowledge. Um, it's a disease which infects your intestines. It makes you go to the toilet very often. So it's something people don't really want to talk about because it's a taboo subject. So it's um. It's quite a lonely disease because you can't see it and people don't know a lot about it. So today, th this year is an excellent occasion to actually break the silence. Yes. And just as a last remark, how can people get in touch with EFCA and learn more about World IBD Day? Yeah, if you want to find out more about what's happening, I invite you to visit our website on EFCA.org, but also the World IBD Day website or to get directly in touch with me. I'm happy to answer any further questions you might have. And as a last remark, I think it's important um, to see these disease days that they exist because they really show patients that they are not alone and that there are people out there who care. And for us as a patient association, it's also a good occasion to connect with all our stakeholders, be it healthcare providers, other, NGOs or networks working in the health sector, representatives from the industries. It's it's really the moment to unite our efforts and together fight the disease. Well, we hope we can help you in amplifying your voice and, and fighting the disease. So thanks so much, Isabella. Best of luck on World IBD Day, and uh, we hope to have you on again soon. Okay. Thank you very much for inviting us, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you once again to Isabella Haaf for joining us today to discuss World IBD Day and how the pandemic has affected IBD patients. We invite you all to break the silence and show solidarity to all IBD patients on May 19th each year 
because together we are stronger. For more information regarding the World IBD Day, visit their website, worldibdday.org. Or more information on EFCA, please visit their website, efcca.org. That's it for today's episode of the European Patients Podcast, your source for all things related to patient advocacy in Europe. We are the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe, with now 77 members across the continent. You can stay up to date on all EPF news by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or by visiting our website. We'd also like to remind you that registration will open next week for our EPF Congress 2021, taking place from the 26th to the 29th of October in a virtual setting. So please mark your calendars. We'll see you next time on the pod. Stay safe and be well.